welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Embracing the Gray with Vic and Kels, where we are here to challenge the all or nothing thinking when it comes to all things food, body, and mindset. And today we're going to be talking about habits. I know this is one of Victoria and I's favorite topic. And we're figured since we're moving into the new year, today for me is December 6th. I know for you, Victoria, it's December 5th. And we are in that kind of transitional, reflective time of year, looking back, what were the things in the year that went really well? What were some things that we'd like to make improvements upon? And no matter what, whenever we come back to it, it we really are the summation. Our results are the summation of our habits. And so we really just wanted to let you guys know or kind of chat through some of like the top six, the top six habits that we have. And then we're going to be talking about how to make each of those habits easy, obvious, and convenient so that you actually, how are you, Miss Vic? I am well, I think going, I'm in a place, like you said, of very being very reflective and also just gearing up for the new year. And I think the biggest thing that in this time and like social media, things you'll hear, like these are things that you can implement today and you don't have to wait until January 1st. Um, And we hope that as we're kind of talking through this, you will understand that and that you don't have to wait for a certain time to start doing these things. And I would say that each of these things, even if it's three o'clock on an afternoon, you can still do every single one of them. And I think the biggest thing that we'll touch on as well is that it doesn't have to be these super drastic changes. You don't have to upturn your entire life to do these things, but you're going to have like your capacity is going to increase when you start doing these things because they'll just become a lot more automatic. So I'm excited. 100%. And just kind of as a little side note, five of the first five habits that we're going to be talking about, these are the foundational habits of rediscover you free. Like these are the the foundational habits that we talk you through, we walk you through because they really can impact your relationship with food, your relationship with your body. And I, I firmly, these are things that have changed my life. So I'm super, super excited to dive into them, which brings us to number one, water. Yes. Hydration. Would you like to share a little bit how this has impacted you or what that means to you? Yeah, I think just no. Well, first off, I recommend that everybody, you know, you can have a regular plastic water bottle if you wish, but I would a way to kind of, I guess, going off of making it easy, obvious and convenient. It's so much easier when you have a water bottle that you enjoy and you actually look forward to filling it up every time. So I, just as an example of a way that I made this more appealing to me. So I used to have that huge gallon water thing and that was so big. And I would look at it and be like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Then I moved to the Stanley like viral mug or the viral cups. And those are 40 ounces. And that still was so overwhelming to me. I couldn't get through them, right? So shrunk the change a little bit more. I now have this cute little 30 ounce and it literally flipped a switch in my brain. I'm like, oh, I can drink these. Like, this is totally fine. I love that it has like a little, um, there's a third, the, the other ones have a straw that doesn't close, but this one I can close. So anyways, all that to say, invest in a water bottle that you can take, whether you're traveling 
especially traveling because no one wants to buy an $8 water bottle. Um, but those were just like something I'm like, okay, I'm actually going to invest in this because I need to stay hydrated. And when I do have it, I just, I'm, I'm more intentional about drinking my water. My skin feels better. I'm never in a situation where I don't have water. Um, so those are my like tips, I guess is for my water. How about you? For me, I don't have like, and again, these are guidelines. I'm not one who has hard and fast rules, but something that has changed my life was saying water before coffee. Hmm. And that no matter what, like right when I wake up, the first thing I do is drink water. It is not water or hot water with lemon. If you like lemon, that's fine. (laughs) God, but there's no like influencer, like there's no actual science behind the lemon water, by the way, guys, but literally just having a glass of water right when I wake up. This has been really helpful for a lot of my clients as well, like Miss Carrie, who was with us uh, last week. One of the biggest promises that she was able to keep herself was to literally just have a glass of water right when she woke up and she started the day off with an easy win and was able to check it off her habit tracker. Obviously we'd love for you to start drinking more than just that first glass of water, but let's start really small. Let's shrink the change. Another thing is habit stacking. So making sure that you're drinking water with your meals. This also will help you end up like eating less overall, by the way, because it can help with like just helping you feel fuller. Uh, It can help you pause in between each bite by taking sips of water if you're going to do that. But it's just that kind of indicator that I'm sitting down, I'm making this a meal experience, and it's another opportunity for me to have water. But I'm definitely with you having a water bottle, having something that makes it attractive, that makes it exciting. I know we have some people in the group who have water bottles that like cheer them on. Like there's like, um, it'll have like 12 hours or it'll have like six hours or something written on it. And every hour on the water bottle says like, you got this girl or whatever else it's encouraging. So definitely make it attractive habit stack it. Um, so like I wake up, I drink water, I eat food, I drink water and water before coffee. I love that. All right. Next one is joyful movement. I love this one. I, I I've gone back and forth and we talked about this even before we pressed record today, but I I always used to say like the really foundational when I first started rediscover you, my gosh, like almost four years ago. And it was always water steps, gratitude, water steps, gratitude, but you brought up a really excellent point. And, and I agree that it's not just about steps, especially because sometimes we can get really militant about our steps and it can become obsessive and it, it, it takes away the point. Exercise and movement shouldn't be a punishment. It should be a celebration of what your body can do. And I really love this idea of joyful movement. Every single day, did I do some form of joyful movement that could be dancing around the house to your favorite song that could be like you had said some yoga. And I'd love for you to share, like what have been some ways that movement has changed for you recently? Yeah. So when kind of reflecting on the last year, I well, I guess if you were to look five years ago, just say I was all gung-ho for just Olympic weightlifting and there wasn't any room for anything else. And I, I just, I kind of maybe attribute that to some just dichotomous thinking, like it's either all weightlifting or nothing. And I still do enjoy like clean and jerks and snatches and squatting and all of those things. 
But I think this year really spoke to just all of the other types of movement that I could do and that I was kind of limiting myself. So um, for instance, this year I started rock climbing. Um, I do, I do yoga at home and usually with like yoga with Adrian or yoga with Cassandra. I love both of them. But last week I actually went to a yoga class at our gym and it was a totally different experience. I was like, oh my gosh, I am not pushing myself nearly as much as when there's a full room of people and there is your teacher is there and instructing you or saying like, hey, try it this way. So that was a very eye-opening experience. And I also started doing Pilates and that has made me feel so much stronger um, in my core and my back and incorporating a few days of CrossFit and then also walking like and just realizing that I don't know that if I was just doing one of those things all the time, I don't think that that would be exciting for me. And I only know that because I was always just doing one thing. Um, and so it's been, it's been just very, I get the only way I could describe it is joyful and it's not this punishment. It's actually something I'm looking forward to because it's not the same thing every single day and there's variety and there's new things like with every yoga class or, you know, there's a new, a new, um, route to climb that type of thing. I, so. oh my gosh, I love it. Just like makes me feel good. I, and I mean, I will say this when it comes to steps, when it comes to walking, that was one of the habits, the foundational habits that changed your whole life here. Like more yep. recently. Um, yeah. And I would say even like with steps I've been trying to, and it's very cold right now, but getting out first thing in the morning, like right now, especially if I go walk at like six 30 or seven, it's still dark, but, and I could basically probably fall asleep with my eyes closed walking, but my body just has been slowly waking, like, and naturally waking up while I'm on my walk and I get home and I'm like, all right, let's go. I'm ready for the day. And so even if, if, you know, maybe you don't have a gym membership or anything, like just simply going outside and walking is going to change your life, whether it's for you're, you're just, you've been sitting at your desk all day and you just need to get out of the house or you're having a hard day and you need to process something or taking a phone call, like just go on a walk and see how that will change things. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, one hundred percent. And and when we talk about making it easy, obvious, and convenient, I recently had a client who just adding steps in or going on walks felt so daunting and overwhelming, and she felt really uh, it was just not something she could incorporate. And a huge part of it was because she had this this pressure on herself that it had to be ten thousand steps or it didn't count. So again, comment guys, that 10,000 steps, it's a random number that was part of a marketing like program in Japan for the Olympics back in, I think it was the sixties and it was for a pedometer. And it was like this whole 10,000 steps in no way, shape or form. Is there a science-based reason for you to do 10,000 steps per day and getting somewhere to 7,000 steps per day, maybe like it does have some scientific evidence backed behind it, but more than anything, and this is what changed for her was meeting herself where she's at. And maybe where she was at was a thousand steps that on average. 
stop beating yourself up. Stop feeling like if there's, you know, there's no point in even trying and just be like, cool. Can I bump it up to 1500? Can I bump it up to 2000? And all she had to do was, and the way she broke it down is she's like, if I go for a 15 minute walk, she found it out. Like it was like a walk around her block. And if she did a 15 minute walk, she could either do it in the morning in the afternoon or the evening. As long as she did one of those, she got to check it off her list and she felt really good. And then it got to the point where she starts craving it. Like that was her body craves that movement. Her body craves going out in the crisp morning and seeing the sunrise. Just like you said, it's, it's what wakes her up. And so really make it small, meet yourself where you're at. And the other thing that really shifted her perspective. And again, like we're talking about joyful movement, it's a celebration, not a punishment. It's not about burning calories. It's literally about just enjoying the fact that you have a body that can move she started saying, I get to, I get Mm -hmm. to go for a walk. I get to move my body. I get to go to Pilates or rock climbing or whatever else, rather than I have to, it will totally change your perspective and your ability to stay consistent. Yeah. And I think get to makes it seem more like an opportunity versus just an obligation and, and being able to say like, I am, I am able, able able-bodied and able to go climb or go move my body in this way. And it's an active choice. And ultimately you're investing in yourself and your health. And also remembering like, this is something, I think if you're committed to like lifelong living an active lifestyle, this has to be something that you're, and obviously you're going to change with certain seasons of life, but you're, you should be having the goal of wanting to move your body for a very long period of time. And that it isn't going to stop when you retire or whatever, And so knowing like, it's okay to take a day to do mobility work and stretching. And it's okay to then the next day, maybe you are feeling really good and you really want to push yourself, but just not looking at it as just this day or this week or this year, but really looking at it over the lifespan. So 100%, I think it kind of slides right into our third habit of this idea. And I get to, I get to move just taking that moment for feeling grateful that you have a body that can move. And that our third habit is gratitude and, or just some sort of journaling or reflection, but I seriously, just some form of gratitude for things. It it will drastically change your life. I cannot, (laughs) I cannot say this enough. This is why we have our three, two, one journal that talks about this. If anybody wants a copy of that three, two, one journal, either a physical copy or the, the actual questions to follow with affirmations, just go ahead and we'll leave a link down below and you can download that yourself, but think about it. Like how lucky are you that you have legs that can walk or that you have eyes that can see, or that you, it it can be the smallest things. Maybe you have ears that can hear, you have hands that can hold, you you have like a stomach that digests, you have a heart that pumps all on its own and you don't have to do anything. Taking that moment to feel gratitude for the body that you have, it may not always be and look exactly how you want it to, but when we focus on functionality as opposed to just appearance, we are far more likely to stay consistent. We are far more likely to have improved body image. We are far more likely to have healthier eating habits and behavior patterns because we're coming from a place of gratitude and re- appreciation and respect. 
uh, again, rather than from a place of punishment. So really diving into gratitude and reflection. And I think the, the other aspect is just at the end of the day, I like to journal, but sometimes like my boyfriend and I recently, if we're not journaling, it's even just like, what was your favorite part of the day? What was like, what was something amazing that happened today? What was something that you really enjoyed about today? And especially doing that right before bed has been super helpful for better sleep, for better, just like, just feeling good, having that connection, connection either to another person or to yourself, I think is really uplifting. What about for you? How do you practice gratitude every day? Um, well I put, and this is just me gratitude slash journaling, and then also slash reading, because that is something I think to just touch on that really quick. I, I tend to, I don't really read like fantasy or anything like that. So I like books that I can really apply to my life right now. So I always kind of tend towards more personal development, but one thing that I think has really changed this year and maybe the last two years is like when I'm constantly reading or at least taking some time to read, I am then looking in my life, whether I read at night into the next day of like, how can I incorporate this? And it makes you so much more aware. So whether it's reading and it's a certain topic, say about habits, or you're writing your gratitudes down or just verbally voicing them, you're then going to start looking for those things on a more regular basis, regardless whether it's reading or just gratitude. So I think overall, and then also trying to be more, um, I guess, just focusing more on things that you appreciate. Um, and so one thing Josh and I are, we've been doing, we have an incredible marriage counselor and he, his whole basis of therapy is called emotion focused therapy. And it's mostly focused on like our internal, I guess you could say drives and kind of attachments and how, when we can turn it to what we appreciate about our partner and not only are they going to feel more, you're going to feel more loving towards them, but they're going to feel more accepted. And so they're more likely to say something positive or do something positive. And it's just as true towards the negative, but to be more positive and to have things more like lighthearted or whatever, make things easier, or I guess obvious is to just start the cycle in the positive way. So being more appreciative or saying like, Hey, I really enjoyed that. Where I think for me, like, I'm like, like my bratty side just wants to be like, why do I have to communicate that? Like, I don't, I shouldn't like, I just keep it in my brain, but what our counselor is like, no, you need to communicate that because that's signaling to the other person. Like you appreciate that. So that's something that I think just overall um, he's, he's been working with us since February and it's been so helpful to just turn it the other way and being like, well, what if you were to focus on these things. And so it's made me look at things differently since then. I love this. And I, for me, I know that words of affirmation has been something you've been working on yes. and, <laughs> and it's yeah. cool, but like for you to have that clear reason why, because words of affirmation are huge for me and a way that I've, so I got this uh, idea from Darren Hardy in his book, the compound effect. And he talked about how he took a year and every single day he wrote down one thing he appreciated about his wife. And at the end of the year, I don't know if it was a birthday, Christmas thing. I don't know. Anyway, gave her this book 
filled with all of these things that he loved and appreciated. And it could have been small things like the way she did her hair that day or the things that she says to her friends or a meal she cooked or something, right? And he said like the bigger gift was how their relationship exponentially grew that year because it's just like you said, like their energy towards each other completely shifted because he started seeing her differently. He started approaching her differently and she felt that and it was reciprocated. And that's something that I, I have it like here in 15 minutes, my alarm goes off every single day and it says why I love jibs. So jibs is my amazing partner, boyfriend, whatever. And I, every single day, like I will either have this moment of really thinking about something, but I try and add it to, I have a, a Google notes or whatever. And every single day I have like hundreds of these reasons now of why I love him, why I appreciate him. And let me tell you, there are times like, obviously it's not all roses and there are times I can get angry and frustrated. And it's really nice to be able to revisit that list <laughs> of all these reasons why you love somebody, but it also like has really grown our connection on a side note. I would recommend, even if you're not in a relationship or just for anybody, can you start making this appreciation list for yourself? Mm -hmm. And the reason being, again, we've talked about it before. It's your reticular activating system. It's your RAS. It's your filtration system. You tell your brain what to focus on. And just naturally as human beings, we have a natural negativity bias, right? Obviously we want to be aware of threats. We want to be aware of things that you know, we should be cautious around. You have to consciously shift your focus and attention to the positives. You have to consciously shift and focus your attention to the things that you can love and appreciate about yourself. And remember, just like your relationship with your partner and your relationship to yourself and your body, what you appreciate appreciates, what you focus on expands. And that is why having a gratitude practice, that is why focusing on the things that you did well, that is why that three, two, one journaling thing that I, I have my clients do that you guys have the opportunity to do can massively impact your life. Because when you start focusing on the positives and the things that you can appreciate, that's what you're going to see more of. That's what you're going to start doing. And I promise when you appreciate your body and come from a place of appreciation, you're far more likely to be consistent and take care of it. And rather than having this like punishment and like all or nothing dichotomous thinking. So. And before we move to the next one, I think to make it easy, obvious, and convenient, what you touched on is that you have an alarm set on your phone. So whether it's setting an alarm, whether it's using the reminders app to remind you each day, however you want to do that, um, or I love post-it notes. So maybe using a combination of those things will be helpful just to remind yourself, hey, take two minutes, take a minute, take 30 seconds. If you need to shrink it down that much to just say one thing that you're grateful for. So absolutely stack it, stack it with me. Like that's what people did like with prayer time at dinner, like at dinner, what is something you're grateful for right before bed? What is something you're grateful for on your walk? Like, how can you stack it? How can you have it that it's a reminder? Um, and, and yeah, shrink the change, shrink the change, make it easy. <laughs> All right. Next is sleep. Tell us a little bit about sleep, Kels. Oh, perfect. As we're, yep. right I know <laughs> this is great. Uh, again, guys, like seriously, having some form of reflection or gratitude before bed massively can improve your sleep and sleep is the foundation of everything. There's this whole thing, like if like, exercise movement, anything that you're doing, 
if you're not sleeping, you're not recovering. And this was the thing that took me ages. I used to think like, okay, you know, cause I always had this FOMO fear of missing out. And I was just like, I'll just sleep when I'm dead. Great. By the way, if you're not sleeping enough, you'll be dead that much sooner. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the impact that sleep has in rebuilding our muscle in improving our overall immune function in balancing our hunger and fullness hormones in helping us to have a better judgment in helping to reduce overall cravings. Like if you're not getting enough sleep, you have increased in endocannabinoids, which sounds like cannabis. It's actually your body's cravings go up. You get the munchies because you're not sleeping enough. Also, if you're awake longer, then obviously you're hungrier. There's more time for you to eat and your body wants you to have energy. So it's going to have you reach for quick use, quick things for energy, right? Like high fat, high calorie, or, or sorry, high sugar. Usually it's very sugary. If you struggle with sugar more often than not, it's because you're fatigued. It's because your body is reaching for a quick source of energy because you're not getting enough sleep. Guys, if you want to be healthy, if you want to have energy, if you want to show up as the best version of yourself, getting minimum seven to nine hours of good quality sleep will drastically change your life. In fact, fun fact, they did a whole study and they have found that getting one to two more hours of good quality sleep is more likely to increase your overall happiness than getting an additional $60,000 per year in a pay raise. Like- it's so I'll have to find that study for you and I'll send it and we can post it and people can like go visit yourself, but legit, it, it'll clear your skin. It'll just bring you more overall joy. Please, please, please prioritize sleep. Yeah. And I would say if you're having like issues going to the doctor, whether you have, like, I know for a long time, um, not so much after I was able to release some weight, but I was having horrible, I was having sleep apnea episodes during the night. So I wasn't even, I was sleeping, but it wasn't quality sleep. So I am making a note that we should do a podcast on sleep hygiene. Um, In no way are we saying that we are perfect at these things, but these are things that we can incorporate and work on on a regular basis. And you have an opportunity every single day to work on your sleep. So um, I definitely think we can talk about that next time. But going into what you said that about eating and regulating, maybe we could talk about hunger, hunger and fullness, but moving into our fifth habit, which is regular eating. Ooh, guys, like if you struggle, <laughs> if you struggle with IBS, that was me. If you struggle with, um, feeling like you're either hangry or stuffed sick. If you struggle with binge eating, if you struggle with overeating at night, I promise you the number one best thing that you could ever do is to incorporate a regular eating pattern. And that means having usually somewhere between three to five meal experiences a day. And I say experiences because it means that you're not just eating on the go. You're trying as best you can to eat mindfully. But what this does, eating at regular intervals, and usually I'd say within three to four hours, that will bring back your natural hunger and fullness cues. So because you're rebuilding trust with your body, obviously sleep is a massive part of that as well. Like, please hear me on that. But being able to have how I teach more often than not, I'm not perfect at it. I'm not the end of the whatever, but I have breakfast, lunch, afternoon snack, 
massive if you struggle with overeating at night or eating all the ingredients when you're making dinner <laughs> and then a dinner. And then because we work out after dinner, then I tend to have a protein shake after our workouts in the evening. That's what my schedule looks like. It's not perfect. It's not always the same, but breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner, and then either dessert or protein shake. We love dessert as well. Um, and I would say, I would say for me, like when my biggest pain point and struggle for very, a very, very long time was binge eating and just not understanding how in the world am I ever to be able to end this? And I was going into a career in nursing where I was working 12 hour shifts and there was, it, it was not computing in my brain that I needed to take those few minutes to eat, whether that was just a protein bar, maybe even a higher calorie protein bar, because I wasn't going to eat for another few hours. But that was the number one thing for me that to stop the binge eating was to start becoming more aware and being very intentional about feeding my body. Um, I remember when I first started therapy my, with an eating disorder therapist, she was like, well, could you go get some, you know, Trader Joe's frozen meals? And I was like, no, I can't eat frozen pre-made. Everything in my brain had to be fresh. But at that point, my biggest, and she's like, well, if you want to stop binge eating, and this just goes back to the easiest, obvious and easy, obvious and convenient is we always have like five or six go-to quick meals in our freezer that I can throw in the air fryer and it'll be done in 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Because there are just times where I can't make full meals and we don't have time and we're going to the next thing. So just knowing that like, and I would say, okay, how can you make it more like, how can you increase awareness? Plug for the eight app because it can tell you how often it tells you so many things and probably need to do a whole episode on it. So, but you're able to just snap pictures of your food. It's not taking, you're not having to track calories. You're not having to track macros. I was so burned by doing that, that the thought when Kelsey first told me about the eight app, I was like, oh, this is actually something I could do. Like I always have my phone next to me. I can just snap a picture. You can explain why you're eating, whether it's pre-workout, it's time you're actually hungry. And it has data on like, you know, how long it's been since your last meal, you can track beverages, all of those things. But for me, and that's a really good way. You can also set reminders. So that's another way to be easy, obvious, and convenient is if you're trying to be more intentional about those things, having those reminders set, you can do it directly through the app. Um, and it's a subscription-based app and it is 100% worth it. Like, take that money and see where the aware, like how much awareness you have. And just that feeling of like, I don't have, like I can snap a picture of ice cream and not think twice about it, or it could be eggs and toast. Like, and it's just very natural for me now. Um, but I think that's something that we can touch on in another episode too. I, I think that's huge. I actually did an interview with Esther, one of the co-founders on my IG. It was an Instagram live. So it's on there somewhere. I'll, I'll can link it. I'll link that and we'll put a link to the actual app guys. You get seven days for free. We are not sponsored. I just nope. like, I love this company. I love this app. They just now started like this week, adding in being able to track your sleep. In the app. I just, guys, it's, it's worth it. Like we are not sponsored, but legit. Oh. Give it a shot. And I've used so many apps like within like 
the eating, like we've had lots of recommendations and this is by far like it, 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 it is by far the best thing and you can connect with other people. So it kind of releases the weight of like, I think when I was really struggling with food and like binge eating, I was so scared for other people to see what I was eating. And this is just another way to connect and be like, oh my gosh, like, I love that meal. That looks really good. Like what, how did you make this instead of it being this like punishing anxiety inducing experience? 100%, which again, like if you struggle with that guys, having a support system and talking through it, I've, I've now had this whole thing. Like our group is shame slayers, Victoria, we are shame slaying <laughs> and helping that. like because that's the biggest thing, right? Is like, oftentimes we're even just judging ourselves and shaming ourselves for what we're eating. And again, like looking at it as this is an opportunity and experience that I get to have, but sometimes we need to be reminded and we need other people. So the eight app is an incredible, incredible tool, but if you're still struggling with that shame and anxiety or food preoccupation or all or nothing dichotomous thinking with food, having a support system, having accountability can change everything. And I encourage you to book a free breakthrough call with me and we can chat through some of that as well. But yep. that brings us to our last habit, which is something that you just brought up to me this time. So this is not one of my five foundational. Would you like to talk about the last habit? Yes. And I would say for me, this is something that it can seem daunting, but thinking of it as an easy, obvious way, we'll chat about that. So it's taking or just an afternoon, a life admin day or afternoon or section of your day, whether that be on the weekend or you take like a mental health day for work, whatever that is, it's kind of to do the things that you have been avoiding and have been like these big, scary things that are growing in your head and actually doing those things. Um, so for instance, one of them could be like doing your budget review and, and, and then it's like, once you kind of sit down and do these things, then it can be more sustainable and you can do them on a weekly basis versus like, you know, doing them every few months. So for me, that looks like, you know, getting the house clean, working on my the laundry, um, looking at my business finances, our personal finances, and like making sure our budgets are looking good. Um, and, you know, we're reaching our goals and that type of thing. And one thing that Kelsey does, and I love, and I need to work more towards is versus like a life admin day is like having financial review days on Fridays. So financial Fridays, I know we used to do that when you lived with us for a, for a few months and that was really great. And I definitely needed it when we did it. <laughs> um, but I just like taking that life admin day, it was like, I'm not going to any appointments. I might be making appointments, but I'm not going anywhere or doing anything. I'm going into my house and trying to make it like as peaceful and calm in a place that I want to be. And then also making sure that I'm like getting certain things done, whether it's like organizing the cabinet that has been growing or something like that. So that's just something that I've been doing more regularly. And I've been able to see a lot of change just in my ability to be more calm and kind of going into the week in a, with a better headspace. It's been huge for us. Like financial Friday is more like for my business and kind of just like wrapping up all my business stuff. But then Sundays tend to be a life admin day. We go to brunch, we come home, we, uh, we clean the house, we do all our meal prep and like we try and finish it all before 5 PM. It's nice that I have a partner who's very like supportive and, and encouraging of that. But like, then we're able to just relax the rest of a Sunday evening and just be us and everything is clean and 
it, it, we do our person, our, our joint budgeting together. We know where we're at. We feel good. It's, I highly recommend just getting into that, making it a weekly habit. And again, guys, shrink the change, make it super small. Don't feel like it has to be everything. And if you don't get everything done in this first admin day that you're a failure, but I would say schedule it, schedule yep. it, write an implementation. Oh my gosh. I literally just got the alarm saying why I love jibs <laughs> just to wrap this up. Um, but I, I really encourage you guys to like schedule it. I, I do like an implementation intention statement that says I will behavior. I will have an admin day on this day at this time in this location and really just be very, very clear, set the intention. You are 91% more likely to actually follow through if you schedule where, when, and what day. Yep. I love that. I think our biggest challenge to kind of call to action for you guys is just start. If there is something that really spoke to you that you aren't doing, start it today and that you don't have to wait until January 1st. And whether you need to like somehow keep track of your habits, there's a bunch of apps, there's printouts that you can take and use. But I think just once you start seeing that these habits over time are building and building and your capacity is increasing and you're feeling more confident, like you're then able to see how much progress you're able to make and the places that you can go just because these are such little things um, but I, I don't know what book it was, but it's like how you do anything is how you do everything. And so if you can master drinking your water or going on a, you know, engaging in joyful movement, taking that life admin day, getting really good sleep, it's going to pour out into other areas of your life. And ultimately like the, it is endless. Like the progress that you can make is endless and it's going to open up certain doors and opportunities and things because you're able to do these little things. And while they may be little, they're actually not. They're very big things. They compound, right? That's the whole compound effect of habits. And I actually, I will put the link to our habit tracker with at least the five foundational habits. I've never done this before, but I will put a link to it. If you would like to be able to print that out and copy it out, this is something we talked about with Abby um, when she did it. And I just take a look at it. I think the big thing, don't, don't be perfect about it. I wrote, I write on there. It's not about being perfect. Try your best not to miss twice. So you don't put momentum in an opposite direction and make the why of doing it so that you keep a small promise to yourself so that you build trust with yourself, because that's how you build confidence. Confidence means to confide in oneself. And that's why you're doing it. You're not doing it for any other external, like I want to look at like, do it because you are keeping a promise to yourself. And so hopefully that's helpful. And this was awesome. Thank you so much. I, I loved it. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Um, all of the links we mentioned will be in the podcast description. And other than that, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.